And a good afternoon once again. 12.32 is our time. It's time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program is brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield, by Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you on Main Street in Colchester, and by your locally owned Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden on East Montpelier Road, by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby, sticksandstuff.com, by Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans, by P&R Lumber, a family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need, Route 15 in Wolcott, by the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership, by Dandelion Acres Garden Show, Vermont Route 107 in Bethel, by Poly Construction, a contractor you can trust where one call does it all. By Kate Farm on Coburn Road in East Montpelier, where their plant sale continues today. Our telephone numbers are open, 244-1777 or toll-free, 877-291-8255, with your gardening questions. And right now, in the garden, here is Peter Burke. Do you want me to sing inch by inch, yeah, row we by need, row? We need somebody to <laughs> sing our uh, our. Uh, I'll have to get the, my grandson. He'll sing it for yeah, us. Our in the ether well, music machine is, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> left on one of those unidentified uh, aerial objects. You know. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we are broadcasting live from the lodge at Spruce Peak. <laughs> I'm outdoors, sitting in the. In a little cubby here, and um, so uh, the issue for today really is 82 degrees. It's supposed to go up to 83. Um, better get out and water those little uh, the sets that you put in and anything else that's growing. And this is a great time to get out there and harvest whatever spinach is left because it'll bolt after today, that's for sure. And uh, we harvested yesterday. We went up to the house uh, to um, to uh, look at look at the um, look at the place after all the demolition. And uh, we have um, we brought back with us a huge bag of fresh spinach. And some of those I planted some of the giant spinach, and they literally the leaves are the size of your hand, spread out. And um, and they're tender and delicious and just wonderful. So we're going to be cooking that into uh, a number of different dishes and then mixing it in with our salads too. And we've got a ton of it. And I don't. I think we'll just use it all up. Uh, although it's tempting to try to freeze some, um, but uh, that should pretty much finish your spinach for until it cools off again in at the end of August. Uh, you can grow some uh, some uh, different types of spinach uh, during the summer, but um, you'll probably want to look to um, uh, the perpetual spinach, which is actually a Swiss chard variety that grows smaller leaves and more tender, like in spinach-like. So anyway, um, if you haven't watered your garden, you should. Uh, you, and you want an inch of rain every uh, every week as an absolute minimum. And when it goes into to August, uh, 
you'll probably want to do that twice a week um, when it gets really hot. But today is one of those really hot days that you should uh, do a good soaking for every single every single plant out there. And um, whether you uh, use a sprinkler or a drip uh, line or a cup in a bucket like I do, um, you want to make sure that you that each and every plant is 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 watered. Uh, how is it up there in Colchester, Joel? Is it pretty hot up there too? Oh, definitely in the eighties. Definitely in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Well, when we went to the garden yesterday, the uh, the most of the brassica were 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 feeling the heat, and they were they were sort of uh, uh, limp and a little bit wilted on some of them. So they they were definitely feeling the feeling the heat so um uh i was glad we had some water there to to help them out with but um uh let's see now uh planting of course you know this is uh the week after memorial day great time to get those tomatoes in if you haven't planted them yet uh, cucumbers um, peppers, uh, you know, this is, is a terrific time. You can go ahead and plant potatoes now, too. It's not really too late. If you haven't got your potatoes in, uh, you can get those in. Uh, of course, uh, carrots, You. Uh, this is right about the time when I'll plant a whole bed of five, 256 carrots. And um, there's uh, uh, a lot to do in the garden, you know, the, your peppers, your eggplants, all those warm season ones. This is the time to plant those. Um, the um, um, uh, what else? Eggplants, peppers. Oh, basil. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, so you want to get those in now. And it's definitely not too late by a long shot. You can plant them. Um so uh, a note on watering is that uh, they predict a little rain this afternoon, I, is, if I heard you correctly. Uh, but that little bit of rain will not do anything for your garden. If you get a little bit of rain and you go out and you look at the at the soil underneath there, you'll notice that it might be a little bit damp, but if you put your finger down, into the soil it's still dry down below you really need an inch of solid rain that comes all at once you know a quarter inch of rain in a storm that sweeps over your garden isn't going to do the job it's not really going to get down to the roots where where the plant needs that water so um i have uh i have found that the the best insurance is to go ahead and get a uh, five gallon bucket or a three gallon bucket and uh, you know a yogurt cup and make sure you put a cup of water on each and every plant and that's that's about the the best way to ensure that you're getting a good inch of rain in a sense for each and every plant uh, more important uh, to actually put the water right on that root zone. You know, which is uh, right by the stem of the plant, or, and put it around there. That way, you know that the water is going right straight, right straight down to the roots. Um, that's my one objection to using a sprinkler: is that the sprinkler makes the leaves wet, but doesn't always really soak into the soil. So, if you're whether you're using a sprinkler or uh, a, a cup in a bucket, or um, you know the 
the drip hoses or drip lines, you want to stick your finger down in there and make sure that it's wet all the way down to, to the tip of your finger. It's four or five inches at least. And, and that way, you know, you know that there's, there's a moisture in the root zone where, where it needs. And of course, that's one of the, the great things about using the uh, perfect soil, that mixture of peat moss, vermiculite, and perlite. The vermiculite and perlite actually hold moisture so that it, it'll release the moisture in this hot weather. And it, it helps to, um, keep the, uh, the plants growing steadily. What happens is that a plant will survive, you know, this hot weather, but what it does is it shuts down. It shuts down to survive. That's why it wilts. That's why it, you know, it looks a little bedraggled. So it's, it's shutting down those systems and, and, and yes, the water will help it and stuff, but what you want to avoid is that shutdown because it'll take a little while for it to, to come back to life. So you want a steady progress in your, in your plants. And that's why, you know, keeping a, a steady moisture in the soil is important as you don't want the plants to shut down as a survival mechanism. You want them to just keep a steady growth. And, um, and the best way to do that is make sure you're, you're watering it, uh, um, every week. And certainly in anticipation of this hot weather, you want to make sure you get the water out there and don't rely on those, those, uh, summer storms. So, um, Joel, how are we doing on time? Is it time for a break or are we, uh... well, we could take one right now, uh, remind people that they can call in as well and uh, we'll take our <laughs> first break and be back with, uh, Peter Burke in the garden here on WDEV FM and AM and, um, Remind everybody <laughs> that it is 83 degrees right now. and those little Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you garden. can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Beth Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. The program is In the Garden, and once again, here's Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hello. Um, so, have you got everything planted over there, or are you uh, still planting something, some of your oh, sets? Oh, hardly, hardly. Uh, we still have more to go. We lost our basil <laughs> to, of all people, four baby woodchucks. Cute as the devil, oh, but but every inch woodchucks. <laughs> well, you've done your part to keep the wildlife alive. Yeah, well, they, they, <laughs> yeah, that's that's sad. Yeah, but you still have time to replant. You will have to go buy your sets. Yep, uh, I went to Clausen's, one of our fine sponsors, uh, and yeah, uh, yeah. bought some. And bought some, uh, you know, replacement, uh, basil plants and, that, and so they're gonna be fine. But, uh, just, uh, as, as a curative, I'm not gonna do anything lethal to these little guys, but they have the opportunity yeah. to go back to uh, the river from whence they came. Uh, you know, they're, and, uh, I'm using, I'm using my cat's litter box to discourage them from the hole that they put near our deck. Oh. 
So oh, smart. I put like the cat that. to work, and uh, she seems to, you know, <laughs> provide what we need. So the dirty <laughs> litter goes around their hole, and I, and I, I, we haven't seen them for a couple of days. So I think they went back uh, to whence uh, from whence they came, which is down a steep oh, embankment, a move. steep embankment yeah. toward the river. Yeah. So, I like that. I'll like report that because. I'll report if yeah, they come back yeah. or not, but I, I'm, th- th- this is, this is one of the joys of my gardening is to see that, uh, if we can keep nature at bay without, uh, you know, bringing out the, uh, XK47s, you know, so. <laughs> While feeding them, uh, uh, very, very well. Well, uh, so, uh, speaking of sets and replanting, um, now, this is actually a good time to start, if you have lights and stuff, to start a second planting of broccoli and cauliflower. Um, you know, because uh, particularly cauliflower, you, it's sort of one and done. You you cut the the broccoli, uh, I mean, or the the cauliflower head off, and then that's it's finished for the season. So if you want more cauliflower, if you want maybe some in the fall, this would be a good time to start those sets um uh indoors or if you have a good nice southern window start them uh right in the so that they have plenty of light and the second planting is is real important uh particularly if you want to use cauliflower say like in a mustard pickle or canning or uh, if you want to freeze some for the season or any of those things this is your this is important to start on the 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 fall garden even though as we're sweating uh, here in 83 degrees, um, uh, it's a good thing to think about. And then also, along with the the broccoli and the cauliflower, is your Chinese cabbage. If you if you plan on making uh, kimchi, or if you want to make a um, uh, anything with the Chinese cabbage, you can start those sets now and plant them July 1st, and you have plenty of time. They're very fast growing. If you plant them July 1st, they'll they'll take off and grow a nice head uh, without any problems whatsoever. And uh, the I had a question from uh, my my son's girlfriend uh, Yana, and she she wants to put uh, three foot high uh, beds around her um, around her port, you know, her deck. And she said, do I have to fill that hole three feet with peat moss, vermiculite, and perlite and compost? And uh, because, of the you know, she has to buy all that. And uh, the answer is no, you don't really have to. Um, if you're going three feet, if you fill the top one foot with that, that's plenty, plenty. You can grow your, your carrots and your daikon radish and your potatoes and everything else in a, in a foot of soil of that perfect soil without any problems whatsoever. So what do you use for the bottom two feet? Um, you know, of course you could put a false bottom in there, but you know, that, that's not going to last very long, particularly with the, you know, it being dirt and watering and all the rest. So, um, I suggested um, actually uh, she's got a, a pile of um, of wood that they were just going to burn, or brushwood and stuff, uh, you know, small limbs and all the other stuff. You know, pack that down in the bottom. You know, chop it down. You know, cut it up so it fits inside the box, and try to fill up as much of that two feet as you can. And then just cover it with uh, regular old dirt or potting. You know, uh, uh, a bag dirt. 
Um, she actually got uh, a couple of yards of, of regular old uh, uh, dirt and then a couple of yards of compost. So if you fill up as much as you can of that first two feet with that, um, the, over time that will break down really nicely and, and uh, 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 be a great fertile, um, uh, fertile bed down below. But you don't have to. You you have plenty of time to let that stuff settle in and uh, and go and and you know become just decompose in there, and that's that's great for the garden. Uh, so uh, if you if you're planning on doing a deep bed like Yana, um, you know you can use a, a brush or any of those things. Of course, you want them dry. You don't want them to be alive because you don't want them growing up through your bed. But if they're dry and, uh, you know, cut up enough so you can pack them pretty good, then just go ahead and, and fill it with dirt up to the two foot. And then the perfect soil mix, you know, the very top perfect soil mix makes for a great garden bed. And, uh, you know, as the stuff down below decomposes and stuff, you just add a little more at the top. Um, so that saves you having to, to buy a tremendous amount of of uh, soil or dirt or sand or whatever, you know, uh, just to fill up that bottom two feet. And if anybody out there has, has tried that or worked with that, um, I'd love to hear from you. That would be a, an interesting interesting to see what else uh, somebody else has done. Now, you could use, um, you know, wood shavings or sawdust or anything like that as well. And that'll decompose over time. But if you do, you probably want to sprinkle a little lime on top of that to sweeten it up because that, that tends to, to run a little bit on the acidic side. But it'd be a long time before the roots get down there and, and uh, anything else happens down there. And if you happen to have lots and lots of manure, you could put that down on top of the wood as well. But um, uh, that's, that could be in short supply. You will um, water it all down, make sure it's good and moist before you put the next layer on. So um, let's see now. What else do I have on my list for the – oh, uh, besides uh, harvesting that spinach, you want to watch your lettuces, those early lettuces that you planted. Um, you want to watch them because they probably will go ahead and bolt here real soon. So if you have some nice heads of lettuce – probably go ahead and cut them off and put them right in the fridge and uh, use them over the next couple of weeks because they'll, they, uh, they will bolt in this weather. This is definitely not their, their cup of tea. They don't really care for that. Um, good time to start some of your, your um, like your iceberg lettuce or any of your summer lettuces that, uh, you know, that can take the heat and, because most of your early uh, leaf, like the black seeded Simpson and those types, uh, um, even the oak leaves, those those will those will tend to bolt in this hot weather. So it's time to to replant and start thinking about what you're going to do next. Um, also, my early uh, masculine mixes, um, the uh, the uh, mustard greens, they were you know good size. They were probably old probably about the you know the size of my palm they were they were ready to pick and harvest and so you'll start to you'll want to go ahead and plant that next batch of mescaline mixes um uh 
those would have to be more along the hot mix, like your arugulas and your mustards. They're fast growing, and they'll they'll take the heat and 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 all that. Arugula, my early arugula, that's already been harvested and it's gone, and uh, it's time to replant that. Um, peas are up about a foot and a half foot. You know, uh, I haven't seen any flowers yet, but um, should be soon. And um, those, of course, will, will will welcome the cold water from the well if you have any. Um, so this is this is just the first week in June. If you haven't um, sprayed with a, like a fish emulsion, this would be a good time to go ahead and spray with a fish emulsion. But when you do that, you want to do it either in the the evening after the sun is starting to set or first thing in the morning before the sun comes up. So it's a chance to, to dry off a little bit before the sun comes up hot. And, and uh, it just because there's a chance that you might might burn the leaves a little bit. Um, and let's see. We have... Um, well, let's see if I... I haven't found out anything about mushrooms. I haven't found someone to come on and teach us about mushrooms yet. But um, uh, I remember, uh, well, I think it was Forbes asked us to find somebody in the first uh, show. Um, but we were working on that. And if uh, the only my only experience with mushrooms, of course, is just with the, uh, uh, the shiitake mushrooms. And... Uh, those are a lot of fun and really, really easy to grow. But we'll find somebody to come in. And uh, so, uh, how many tomato plants did you end up uh, with this year from your from your brother Joel? Well, I believe it's eighteen right now. And these, as I say, were all were all mailed to me, which still amazes me how how beautiful <laughs> they were. And uh, then I added uh, another six. From uh, from our sponsor Clausens, who uh, I, I buy them by the I buy them in the six pack for the cherry tomatoes, which are are just so good when you put them in the uh, desiccator, the dehydrator. Yeah, yeah they're like little oh, pieces yeah. of candy. Now are those the yellow? The, well, um, yeah, they were. I went there a little gold? late, and um, uh, I didn't see any of those six packs around. But there are some very sweet cherries that they have there. They're actually advertised as as uh, extra sweet oh, yeah. uh, cherry tomatoes. Yeah, so yeah. I just simply cut sweet them in half. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I just cut those in half and put them on the uh, old desiccator, and the the whole house smells like an Italian restaurant for <laughs> a day or so. But, uh, you know, and I, I, yeah, I let them go yeah. overnight, and then they're like little yeah. tomato candies. So, I, you know, so anyway, to answer well, your question, I, it looks like 25 tomato plants. 25 tomato plants. Boy, that's great. Now, do you uh, do you can any of your tomatoes or mostly just use the dryer? No, I use the dryer, but I make fresh sauce during the season. Uh, although I actually, oh, actually yeah. I have frozen some as uh, per your suggestion, and they work. It, yep. it works really fine. I, I think we have a caller mm-hmm. on the line. Let me see right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, let's yes, see. Well, well, let's check and see. Your, your first name in town, please. Oh, it's just pain in the neck. Robert Frost had calling. That's all. <laughs> no pain Nola. in the neck. Nola. I, I was going to throw in a little bit more regarding the arugula and yeah. mustard options for the garden as yeah. far as good ones. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, should I what keep going? What was that? 
Yeah, sure. Keep going. Okay. Well, first Let's of all, hear. even up here in Ripton, it's hot today. And thank God for that rain we got last night. That was a gift. So there's a variety of arugula that I've been getting from Johnny Seeds, two different varieties. One is called Esme, yep. E-S-M-E-E, and it can handle the heat. And it's beautiful and it's oh. delicious. Oh, that's great. And the other variety from Johnny's is Astro. Equally beautiful, delicious, oh. and can handle... I mean, if it can handle the heat in my greenhouse, it certainly can handle the heat outdoors, you know? <laughs> um, and the yeah, third yeah. variety, which is a little bit pricey, but it's a lot of fun. It's a new variety they started last year called Belizea. And the leaves are... They're small, but it, it germinates quickly and... Once again, it's it's a great it's a great arugula. I mean, all arugula is great. Oh. You oh, want to oh, eat it yeah. in the summer. Yeah. You want the ones that don't immediately send up those beautiful white and brown flowers. <laughs> exactly. I have yeah. a few of those right now. So the last one did you did you say Bellevia? Like Bellevia. B-E-L-L-I-Z-I-A. Belizia. Belizia. Huh? Ah, Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. So that right, and one those. mustard that I mean, mustard, mustard. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. It, no matter how I try in my greenhouse, hi, remember me? You've got these six foot tall plants with seed pods <laughs> forming. <laughs> it grows so quickly, but there is. I guess I don't know if we'd call this mustard or mizuna, but once again, this is from Johnny's. There's a variety now that they carry called Ms. America. And it is beautiful. Oh. It is a burgundy red color, and I love it. It's it's mm. a good one. So that's a nice. And kind now, of, does that have the frilly leaf or the the big fat leaf like a mustard? It's got very serrated leaves. They're quite serrated. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, it, how do you plant that? Do you plant it like in a in a? Do you broadcast it over an area, or do yes. you plant it in little rows? Well, pretty much little rows. At this point in the greenhouse, rows have, I mean, (laughs) we've gone from March 2nd, a straight rows to this is, we're going on the fifth round of planting out there. And so now it's just little spaces. Sometimes I do letters into the alphabet and I shape Uh, things however they fit in. They work. (laughs) The seeds are very adaptable to what we give them. Yeah. Well, Um, there's, they're so tiny, uh, uh, the seeds, that, that tiny. it's hard to know exactly how, what's the best way to plant them. Well, you're right about that. And then so the last thing we want when you, when you harvest them, you use the scissors just to cut along the ground line? Yes, yes. Scissors yeah. are a sharp knife. And just one yeah. cut. I don't like to push them, especially in the hot weather, to go back again. I think that's asking too mm-hmm. much of those little greens. Mm-hmm. But so, anyway, there's a lot of good stuff. To so grow. we just have to grow you it. You use those in your, you use them in your salads, or do you use you cook with the arugula too? Oh, I do them exclusively in my salad mix because people mm. love arugula. Um, but you know, nobody wants to buy two pounds of straight up arugula. So when you mix it with everybody else. <laughs> Kind of a neat treat, and that's nice. And one variety of lettuce that I will shout out to everyone listening, it's a yeah. butterhead from Johnny's. It's called Merlot. Oh, how beautiful they have been. It's, it 
they're just so lovely. You don't want to touch them for fear you'll hurt them, but they're they're not going to break. They're beautiful. They're delicious, and they're a very pale green, mm-hmm. almost yellow color, which maybe would make some people upset. But but they're lovely and they're delicious, and they have not succumbed to the heat as far as getting bolty, which is nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because the this heat here will will just about uh, make everything bolt as far as well. You're right. In the lettuce family, and have you ever tried the um, the perpetual spinach? That uh, yeah, um, the, it's a it's a, it's a chart actually. I, I I sort of pulled my last pile of spinach out on yesterday, and I yep. think that's it for me for spinach for a while. I've tried the perpetual yeah. spinach and. Eh, yeah, yeah. It just hasn't had yeah. so much success here for whatever reason. So I, I hate oh, okay. giving up spinach so soon. It's only been a few months, but I haven't found, yeah. you know, Johnny's also has a, a variety that's supposed to work well in the summer. forgot what it's called, but it's still yeah. like it's too hot. Leave us alone. It bolts. Go yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, I've noticed that the the tot soy, somebody had relabeled it as Chinese spinach, but it's really just tot soy. It's just tot soy, and there's a variety called koji, and I will confess my sins. I tried it because at that point in time, the Red Sox had a pitcher whose name was Koji Yuhamara, but that (laughs) koji is great. That's a great green. Um, That's only a sin for a few of us. Most of us would like that. (laughs) Well, I hope nobody gets upset about that. But koji has been a lot, a lot of fun. Mind you, it will bolt if it gets real hot, but pick it young. Everything will be okay. Uh, Yeah. Everything will be okay. Yes, that's right. Okay. Well, we have another call on the line. So I'm going to step yeah, out of the way. And we'll so I'm not trying to cut you short, but I want to give everybody a shot on this. I'm just wondering if there's a moose scouring lettuce anywhere that we can uh, that we can uh, plant for the Yankee fans. So I'm going to say thank you. <laughs> we'll keep looking. You guys be well. Thank you. We'll say thank you to Nolan. Yes, thank you. And we'll go to Ryland in Montpelier for you, uh, Peter. Hi, Ryland. Hi. Yeah. What's up? Hi. Hello. Um, what's the best? Hi. Can you hear me? Yep, I hear you good. Okay. What's, what's the, best, the best way to? What's the best what? Way to start um, to get your if you want to grow turmeric. Oh, uh, either in the garden well, or in a pot inside to get started. Pot inside, yeah, yeah, both both work well, but the the turmeric. Um, I, is the best way to start it is with a tuber, with a turmeric tuber, and uh, yeah. But what type I've of soil that, would you need? Oh, just a just a standard, it's just a standard garden soil. You know, uh, the 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 mix of uh, peat moss, vermiculite, compost. Um, that would be fine. Uh, any light, good, friable soil is fine. They're, they don't need a, anything particular. Um, so, did you did you find some tubers? Do you have some some tubers? My dad tubers? does. Yes. And um, would garden soil work in the garden? Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. So, so it doesn't need any alkaloid soil. or anything. 
nitrogen or if there's no nitrogen in that soil or something or something like that, what? Nope. No different than growing uh, uh, your um, uh, your ginger or your potatoes or any of those things. They like a slightly acid, you know, 6.5 to 7. You don't want anything over 7, but that's pretty much your okay. standard your standard soil. Um, you know, and, uh, there are, that's a lot of fun. What, what inspired you to grow turmeric? My dad wants to have turmeric so that he can harvest uh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Does he like to cook with it or is it, it just yeah. sort of as a medicinal or, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, there's, you know, it seemed to be a lot of interest in growing uh, uh, some of the the eastern herbs like turmeric and and uh, ginger and and uh, some of the ginger, the fresh ginger is just remarkably good. You can actually chop that up and cook it right like a in your stir fry. And uh, I haven't used the fresh ginger myself, but. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that it's uh, or the fresh turmeric. Um, I'll bet uh, that it's really good. Uh, let me know how it goes. And all right, you've got the tubers, and you're all ready to go with that, right? And are there any I eyes? Believe my dad the, does. The, yeah. Yeah. So a, just a standard so garden soil is what you want. Levels shouldn't go yeah. above what? Well, say that again. For what? You were saying the acidity shouldn't go above what? Uh, the 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 are you talking about the pH? You wouldn't want it over yeah. seven. Yeah, that's right. Not over seven. But yes, but uh, most of your garden soils aren't going to be uh, alkaline, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, thank you yeah, for your sure. call. Hey. Thank you for your call, and uh, let us go in the order they're coming in. Let us check in with uh, with Cheryl. Cheryl in Waitsfield. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How about you? Good, good, good. Um, I'm calling today because I have um, a question. Obviously, um, I yeah um, have. I am a new. To, I'm a new to. Um, I'm a COVID gardener. It all started. Yeah, <laughs> and we live on a road in Waitsfield that gets um, it's a pretty big uh, it's the sort of trick or treating hotspot of the valley, and we did a big okay. uh, thing last year with pumpkins, and so I thought this year I'd grow my yeah. own, and um, yeah. we are being I think invaded by what uh, the cucumber beetle. <laughs> yep. So I'm trying to yep. figure out how to handle it because I have about seventy uh, pumpkin plants out in my garden, and I'm don't want to lose them all. I started them from seed. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have quite the challenge. Um, yeah. Cucumber beetle, there's a couple of things you can spray, and if you really have a, a bad infestation, then um, you probably want to use a dual approach. Um, okay. They're big enough that you can, you can find them and knock them off yep. uh, into a, a cup of soapy water, you know, and then as you're doing that, uh, turn the leaves over and see if you see their little pods. They're, they'll have little okay. egg uh, cells. You'll see a spot of sort of orangey-looking or white-looking uh, um, eggs. Okay. 
and then uh, I I would go ahead and spray because it sounds like you have a serious okay. infestation and you should spray, um, uh, you know, according to instructions. But it's usually once a, once a week for a little while. Okay. Um, the nice thing about that is that they go in a season. They they're not going to last all year long. Oh, good. Once you set them back. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably leave everything alone. But it's a very good thing to take care of right now. Um, okay. Because, you know, they'll they'll start to bore into the the stems and and uh, set up shop and, okay. you know, a whole family in there. So you want to you get them before that happens. All right. Do they um, um, get into the do, soil beneath the plant at all to... Um, yeah, the larvae will live in the soil beneath oh, yeah. the plant. That's okay. that's true, uh, but that would be for a hatch later on, not not okay. right away. So right. you'll have to watch it because there there may be a couple of hatches before you right. really set them yeah. back. Okay, all but, right, uh, thank you. The dual approach of of uh, squishing the eggs, uh, knocking the knocking the beetles okay. off into this uh, a tub of soapy water. And then spraying right. them with uh, either a spinosad or or a neem oil. A neem oil, okay. Thoroughly. Yeah, okay. okay. Thank you. Okay, thank yes, you, sir. Cheryl. And um, let us go to Dave in Warren right now. Dave, you're on the air with uh, Peter Burke. Hey, uh, Dave, Peter. Thanks for taking the time. Um, I've been trying to grow some special dwarf grass so my kids can practice putting. You know. You don't know how to play golf, but I'm getting all this moss coming and taking over everything. How do I get rid of the moss? Well, moss usually is is an indication that your soil is too acid. Uh, the the moss loves an acidic soil, so you could start with a you know you could just start with lime and and see how it goes. Um, you could do a, a soil test. They have a real simple soil test uh, that has uh, two prongs and it's it sort of works electrically, and it'll give you an, a read on your on the pH in the soil. Um, so you want to, uh, but the indication of moss is definitely you've, you're you're uh, you're very acidic. Um, well, what would be the right pH for grass? Oh, for grass, uh, grass is sort of like a, a six point five, a six. Just slightly on the acidic side, uh, but grass is a lot more tolerant of alkaline soil as well. So, if you have a, a seven or a seven two or something like that, you'd be all right. Um, and it sort of depends on which grass you're growing. So, the best thing to do is align it to start with, and see how that goes. And if that doesn't work, then you might want to look to see what kind of grass are you growing. What what did you plant? I've got some um, creeping bent, kind of really, really uh, dwarf grass that you can cut short. Yeah, yeah. So that's specifically for a, a golf course type um, of, of right, tree exactly. grass, frequently cut short. Yeah, yeah. How about water? Are you are you do you water your grass regularly? Yeah, I do. I have a, a, a sprinkler system for the whole lawn oh, area. Okay. Oh, okay, good. And then, uh, what about compost? Do you ever put in compost on it, or I, I, I'm not sure what compost to put on it. Um, will that be acid or or base? Or do I have to do something with uh, when I compost it? 
compost tends to be fairly neutral. It's, you know, but of course that is different as what they're using. If you're using a lot of, uh, you know, cedar and pine and, and oak leaves, you know, it might be more, more acidic. So, you know, you can, you can test that as well, but your the whole point is the moss is telling you that this is a very acid soil. So you'll need to make, you know, make amends with that to start with. That that would be the first thing I would do. Um, Great. I'm going to go for that. Use, Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank get you. Get a bag Thank of you. Dolomite line and spread it out or use a spreader if you have it and, uh, and just uh, check the package and it'll tell you how much. Okay. Okay. I'll do, I'll do that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Good Happy service. Golfing. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's a different kind of garden, isn't it, Joel? <laughs> oh yes, indeed. Yeah, I'm jumping through hoops here with the uh, phone thing, and um, let us uh, let us go to uh, Cindy, uh, who is giving okay. us a call. Okay, here we go. Okay. One of great. our great yeah. regular callers, Cindy. <laughs> hi, hi, yeah. hello. Well, I have a question that I've been kind of searching for for years. It's it's uh, kind of odd, but I'm looking for some uh, four-leaf clover seeds <laughs> so I can plant them in my yard to surprise my grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been able to find them. I, I sort of thought a four-leaf clover was was the exception. I don't know that there is a clover that has four leaves. Well, I, I know. Thought, you That's... Know, it was lucky lucky to find a four-leaf clover. Right. Well, <laughs> well, maybe a bag of seed that just has a few of them in there. And then <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of any place that actually has four-leaf clovers. Be a good no, business. No, what have you tried? Have you tried anything? nothing really? I just look around on the grass, and I'm kind of done with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want ticks, but I just thought it'd be well, fun if anybody hears, or I don't know, uh, four leaf clovers. Well, I've heard tell that there's four leaf clovers that surround that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> so oh, boy, that'd be kind of a bit like a bad grandma. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, if anybody has any idea or, or any uh, suggestion, how to, or how to find a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some seeds, I, like I guess, or a patch of them, or something question. or other. I uh, don't think they come in patches, but uh, I'm still looking for those four-leaf clovers seeds. You got to find that lucky elf. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll go digging around in the rocks out back or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay. Well, th- thank you, Cindy. And um, you know, maybe uh, maybe the uh, scientists doing the uh, gene splicing and the uh, GMO modifying <laughs> can take their attention away from the food we eat and. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe splice a few genes in the clover family, but then again, if, if I'm so smart, how come I'm not rich, right? So, at any rate, uh, Andy in Plainfield is next on. We're having a fun program today. I'm really okay. enjoying this. Andy hey, in Plainfield is on with you for you here. Yeah, thank you, Joel. Hello, Peter. Uh, I have a Hello. cucumber question. 
Um, the cucumbers we planted, I don't know, a week or two ago, they're under row cover. I have given them some fish fertilizer, tried to keep them happy, but they're, they look sad. Um, there's sort of a brown tinge to the leaves. Looks like one of them got hit by a cutworm. Um, so I'm not sure how to, how to make them happier, but you can give me some advice. Well, it sounds like you're doing most of what you should be doing. The, the... There's, uh, I have to admit, the one plant that I usually plant at least two or three times every season is the cucumber plant. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm already it, into my second planting for one of the one of oh, the plants. Planting. Yeah, I mean this. So no, just the one. On. I mean, I planted three or four, and one of them looked so bad. I went and bought a new one, and and you know added that yeah, to the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh well what's your sense of what's going on there i you know is it so the things that that hit my cucumbers of course are um, the slugs and i don't know of course you won't see them but they will come up and they'll devour a whole plant or 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 set it back seriously i don't know if you see any signs of slugs but you yeah, could try I've, the I've, um, I've pulled slugs off the row cover so it's possible that something's getting under uh, oh then i would i would very definitely get uh, get a can of slugo okay. and um sprinkle it right along there because it sounds like that's probably what's What's affecting those? Yeah, that's but there's, there's, also, there's also something that might be like a powdery mildew situation or something, and I don't know. Is that oh, is that wow, so cucumbers? Soon. So soon. Uh, the soil is your soil acidic? Maybe do, can you do a soil test and and find out if that's maybe a little on the acid side? Oh, that's an interesting idea. Okay. Yeah, and then um, the fish motion. That's the that's you know, usually exactly right for the sets, but it doesn't sound like it's working for these guys. Um, uh, have you noticed, uh, well, you said there was a cutworm on one of them, yeah, and that, that usually just, it just falls right over and cuts the stem. Yeah, we had, <clears throat> the, the the starts I bought were three stems to a container, and, you know, uh-huh transplant them into the ground and what happened with one of the plants is i think one of the stems survived and is looking reasonably okay and the other two looked like they were hit by a cutworm or something they were just you know sort of oh yeah yeah so i i would and and in that case uh let's see now um you tilled the soil before you started right or you raked it up or turned it over or something no we didn't actually sometimes you'll you'll see the you'll see the cutworms when you're when you're just i use a little hand trowel myself and just sort of dig up around Mm -hmm. and you'll see a cutworm if it it's because it's uh sort of that orangey little um you know sort of like armadillo it has like scales on it (laughs) and uh and then uh yeah, so you've got um you got the sluggo. You wanna try to look at that. Yep. You wanna look at your pH. Yep. Um how often are you watering these guys? Well, given the weather the now cover, uh probably three times a week. Oh yeah, okay. So uh, sometimes when you put a row cover on you know, I know my tendency is to sort of like figure, oh, you know, uh, they don't need water, but they will need water like that. That's good. You've got that covered. Yeah, and they're well And mulched. then, uh, yeah. 
And then the the other thing you might check is uh, when you take the your cucumber out of the pot that it comes in, mm-hmm. check to see if there there aren't any uh, um, you know little uh, little nematodes in there. There's something that's eating the roots. Mm-hmm. You want to take a look in there to make sure because that can happen, and it's I know it's happened to me, but more often with the with broccoli, you know, there'll be some little bugs right in the right in the little box. So check that out and see if there's anything in there. Okay, that's good. And then, um, and no sign of a cucumber beetle or anything. I don't think so. At no, I haven't point. seen a beetle. Yeah. And again, it's under row cover, so it's fairly well protected yeah. from things that are flying yeah. around. Um, well, they just look sad. They're sort of, you know, as I said, they're, they've got sort of a, a brown tinge to them and. Uh-huh. They're not thriving. Uh-huh. I mean, but I will keep uh, feeding the them. The other thing that can happen is that if if the uh, sets haven't been properly hardened off, that uh, putting them out right off sometimes uh, they get hit pretty hard, and that'll send them back. Okay. But if you're using row cover, that shouldn't be a problem. I don't yeah, and we we hard we harden them off for about a week. I mean, we bought them early, and then I was oh, okay. listening to you saying, "Don't put yeah. them in the ground yet; it's too soon." So we. You know, <laughs> we spent a week bringing them in and out of the sunroom, and you know, putting them out yeah. on the deck. So they were well hardened off before they went in the ground. But that's that's a you know that's tough when you've done everything perfectly. Uh, so <laughs> well, yeah, I would I would you know I would go back to the thanks, Dad. The, um, um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess what I'll do is I'll keep feeding them. That would be one thing. And I, I've got the notes here on the soil test and the sluggo, so those are. Those are yeah. things I can yeah. look at. Yeah, the slugs are are my worst enemy. For the for some reason, they just like cubes. You know. Well, let, let me let me throw you one more hint letters. here, and then I'll let someone else get a call in. Which is, um, yeah. what we did last year is I chopped up a lot of mostly oak leaves and and maple leaves, and you know, sure, yeah, covered up yeah. the bed with that. And so that's how we mulched uh-huh. the bed over the wind, winter. Was like an inch to a half an inch yeah. of of chopped up leaves. Oh yeah. Um, they're still yeah, there. I mean, we're we're still using them yeah. as mulch, so I don't know if that changes the pH of the soil or if the... Oh, it definitely changes the pH. Plus, the other part of that is that when it's decomposing, it can suck up all the nitrogen right out of the soil. Oh, so you might just try something like a blood meal, but the fish emulsion should work for... Yeah, it's, that's got a lot of nitrogen in it. Um, all right, I think i got to feed them harder. That might be the answer to this. Hello, uh, Peter. Did we lose you? <laughs> Peter's back on the line, as is Mike in Waterbury. Good afternoon to both hey. of you. <laughs> hey, Mike. Hello again. How are we doing? Uh, I just had a, a tip for Cindy about the four-leaf clovers. Oh, uh, great. I don't have any seeds, uh, but uh, I do know of a, a patch here in Waterbury that uh, grows a lot of the four-leaf clovers. Uh, wow! Didn't really. Uh, I don't want to give out the details of where it is, but uh, if you, maybe off the air, if uh, you can grab my phone number and pass it along to Cindy or something like that. Sure. Uh, okay, I can do that. Yeah, I just said. Is it is it at the end of the rainbow or is it? <laughs> so do you figure uh, it's, it's uh, right on Route 100? So if you can call Route 100 a rainbow. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Uh, I will uh, be real interested to, to to find out how that um, 
how that works. Uh, might go visit it yeah, myself. So, uh, from what I understand, it's uh, a genetic mutation, and then, uh, like, in a certain patch, if you find one, uh, you probably find more. And this one is just particularly go. loaded with them. And how did you find this patch? Uh, so actually, well, without divulging exactly where it is, uh, I just happened to to walk through it, and, oh, uh, and then you noticed, you know, just, yeah, looking down and saw one, and then <laughs> saw two, three, four, five. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, uh, so you you found the lucky patch. Good for you. <laughs> Did you go buy a lottery ticket too? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that didn't work out so well. It didn't work out as well. Well, at least you had the four leaf clover. Okay, Mike. Well, you hang on, and well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll talk to you yeah. off the air. Okay. Okay. okay good. So um, uh, let's see. We're finishing up the garden see here now uh so we want to make sure we're watering uh make sure everything has a as an inch of um at least an inch of rain inch of a cup of water in each plant and uh time to start some new sets and then uh swive your broccoli and your cauliflower and your chinese cabbage and anything else actually even your lettuces is if you have the space in the room you can go ahead and uh, in the house anyway, and you don't have it in the garden yet, go ahead and plant a few sets of um, uh, uh, of your lettuces so that you can um, put them out as soon as you have an open spot. So if you always got something you know growing in the house there, you'll always have something to to plant later on. And um, I think that finishes it up for the for. Um, for the show, is that right, uh, Joel? Are we? Yeah, we're right. Uh, we're right at closing time, and uh, we don't like to leave anybody stranded on the uh, phone line. But after the flurry of phone calls, uh, the lines are clear. So, I guess it's uh, uh, final words of wisdom from the gardening guru. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, that was real simple. Just make sure you water over the next couple of weeks here, because we're in for a hot spell. And those little guys will will really appreciate it. All right. Enjoy your garden, everyone. And we'll see you next week in the garden with Peter Burke. Our program made possible by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville, V's Flower and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield, Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street, Colchester, your locally owned Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden on East Montpelier Road. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com. Guys Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston and St. Albans. P&R Lumber, a family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch and compost you need. Route 15 and walk it. And the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. And Dandelion Acres Garden Center on uh, Vermont Route 107 in Bethel. And by Poly Construction, a contractor you can trust where one call does it all on Gregory Drive in South Burlington. Do join us again next Saturday at 1230 in the Garden with Peter Burke.